Hello? Yeah, hello? Yes? Yeah, I'm looking for an artist. Oh, okay. I'm looking for an artist. Alright. Yeah. Slurpy. Slurp. Did you call him Red Ben? Red Ben. Who? Him. Oh, I said right Ben. Oh. You heard me right. All right. Well, speaking of fuck Drake, um, I know you were joking. You were just joking. I was. But I typically start the episode formally with like a question of the day. Okay. And uh, we have an episode, we have another podcast called Should We Keep This? Okay. And it's with our hosts, Stephen Moskos and Gina Stevenson. Yes. And uh, they do it every Tuesday. It's a, kind of an interesting episode where they watch like two movies from the past and discuss whether or not they should keep it. So my question for you today is inspired by that podcast. Is there a popular artist or band or group right now that everyone loves but you're secretly like, fuck Drake? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I don't really want to be a hater. Uh, yes. That's kind of the point of this question, I know. Uh, but um, More to just show your taste. Like, yeah. Like yeah. what is a popular thing that you're not I mean, really... I don't know if it's popular, but I would say like pop country groups like Florida Georgia Line can go. Really? <laughs> yeah, they can just go. Pop country. Yeah. Yeah. Because that doesn't exist. That's just like a, it's they it's, they're taking a tradition and just shitting on it. So I know. <laughs> you know what's weird about country music that I feel like if you just changed the landscape, like the packaging mm-hmm. for the music, it could very easily be hip hop. In terms of. In terms of like. Subject matter, oh, and like definitely. spirit, yeah, like girl problems, <laughs> daddy problems, you know, yeah. Well, that's true of most um, folk styles, in a way, right? That they are they're dealing with like very, you know, ba- base level issues of life that. Like in the 2000s, hip-hop became about money and cars and all that. That's because they started getting money. Right. Before that, then it was about like real-life problems. Stuff that they were having to live yeah, through before is, they got the money exactly, and cars. Which is right. the same with country and the blues and, and all other genres that rise up from like grassroots uh, right. things, you know? So Interesting. I can see how that uh, relationship might be there. Yeah. And that also explains why we now have SoundCloud rappers 
like yeah. rapping about yeah. Yeah. missing class and not passing a college course yeah, or yeah, something. Exactly, exactly. Which is, it's not a bad thing. It's just like, that's what we have to draw from if you're an artist out there, whatever that means. Like, you draw from your life yeah, and it's a I reflection mean, of the culture. You're not going to do anything better than what you know. I saw this weird post on Instagram and it was like, you are a collection of the five, you're like an average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And I was like, that is nicely packaged, but I don't, I don't know if I agree about? with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know the five people I spend the most time with, but today, tonight, I want to spend time with you. All right. And Thank ladies you. and gentlemen, and anyone else listening out there, can we have Caroline clapping, air clapping? You should be excited because today we have Gabriel Boosh on Looking for Artists. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man. I'm happy for you to be here. It's kind of weird. It's weird to me still how we met (laughs) in terms of it's weird what I'm doing and like how much time I'm spending. It's not weird at all, though. But it's not. Exactly. We met doing... You met doing jujitsu. Yeah. Uh, here at, at Henso's in New York, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's fun to do. I mean, it's very fun. Yeah, and uh, I feel like, for me, like being a uh, composer, being in a PhD program, teaching. You know, it's a lot of time spent, uh, mentally active, but physically kind of idle, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that can lead to me feeling kind of just needing to exert all this energy. Right. And, and jujitsu is a wonderful way for me to do that and still keep that mental sharpness in some way while being active. You think it enhances the mental sharpness? I like specifically it when it comes to making music, which is what you do? I don't know if it... It's a direct relation. I don't know if it directly affects it, but I certainly feel like being in high pressure or difficult physical situations makes me feel that other stuff is kind of easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knowing that I... Having that time to just free my mind from thinking about music and thinking about writing papers or articles or anything like that is helps to free creativity uh, because without a break, you just get burned out like anything else. So, so having time to focus my body and mind on something different kind of just frees me up to continue to do the work that I'm doing outside there. All right. I know for me, if I find something I like, I go into it really hard yeah. and really, really like deep. I spend a lot of time doing it. And like nothing is an exception. Music, rock climbing, longboarding, mm-hmm. like jujitsu now, yeah. Brazilian jujitsu. But I, uh, I'm curious, like, how much? First of all, what do you do? Well, what are you about? Yeah, uh, your time. What I was going to say is those types of things where you're like spending a lot of time with something and then you're 
you get to the point where you need something else as like a release, mm-hmm. that's usually an indication that you've been spending a lot of time doing that, right? Yeah. So when did your relationship with music start? Because it sounds like it started a, a while ago. Well, yeah, um, it did start a while ago. Uh, it it did start a little bit late in terms of uh, being compared to the other people involved in this concert music, classical music world, whatever you want to call it. Um I only started uh, getting into music at around 13. Uh, that's when I started to play guitar. Hmm. This is uh, story is becoming a little more common throughout the composers of my generation, but I'll still tell it. Um, Please. Uh, so I'll, I started playing guitar at like 13. Before this, I was very into, like, the only music I listened to was hip-hop and reggaeton. I'm from Puerto Rico, so it's... I uh, noticed the flag. Yeah. On your hat. Yeah. Uh, Represent. So um, that's all I listened to. Um, No real instruments, all uh, produced on the computer. Hmm. Um, No real singing at that point, mostly. All just rapping. Uh, oh, like singing oh, right. in terms of pitch wise and all that right. stuff. So Were they just, rapping in in yeah, yeah, yeah. in tone or in pitch? Uh, kind of. It depends on who the, who the artists were. Sure. Uh, but uh, but then um, so my cousin started um playing guitar. He was older than he's hmm. he's three years older than me. And he's uh he's like my brother. Um, and I as a kid I kind of wanted to do everything he he did. You know, right. so he started showing me music, and he was getting like really into metal and stuff like that. Yes. Um, what bands? Uh, so it was mostly like thrash stuff, like Metallica, old like '80s thrash, Metallica, Slayer, um, Megadeth, yes. Big Four type thing. Um, so uh, and obviously it was the 2000s, so you had to put a little new metal in there. Although, it, yeah. Yeah, well, can, there was like crazy amount of. About that. <laughs> Yeah, but there was a crazy amount of musicianship yeah. in that genre. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I started getting into it, and one day I said, I'm just going to get a guitar, and I started playing, and it kind of, I took to it fairly naturally, and um, and it just kind of took over my life in some way. I spent seven, eight, nine, ten hours in my room after school playing guitar. Um, and I just got kind of obsessed with it. Uh, then when I got to college, uh, I decided to just uh, pursue a degree in music um, to the worry of my parents at first. <laughs> really? Which, I don't know. You know, it's... Uh, Were you not vocal about your appreciation for music in high school? I was, but, uh, but you know, it's, uh, it's... Back home, that is not a career that's... Uh, that's uh, yeah, kind of... Uh, what do you say? Um, encouraged in some way. Like, it's not... You're not a doctor. You're not a... Right. I mean, I guess I'll be a doctor at some point, but not a medical one. Uh, sure. Uh, it's not very like practical. Yeah. If you think yeah. About it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but then I kind of just they kind of had this idea that you know uh, that if you want to do music, you just want to be a rock star in some <laughs> sense. You know. Yeah. Which is not the case at all, but at least with me. Um, even when you were playing guitar even, for seven, eight, nine even hours. Even at that point, I mean, I wanted to play and I wanted to be out there and just, but I knew that studying music at a university level had 
other doors to be opened and we're not necessarily just That's going awesome. out and gigging and you know right so once i kind of showed it, especially my mom that i was serious she was like yeah i mean if you're not going to be happy doing anything else just, just go with it good um good. so uh so i um i started and i and i auditioned for for berkeley in boston and i got in but i just didn't want to like take in on that debt you know yep so i stayed home at the i studied at the university of puerto rico and uh they didn't have like a jazz or popular music program which is what i wanted what did they have they have it's uh the music program there is mostly classical music so i so i studied uh classical guitar there um and uh in classical guitar there's really not a lot of ensembles that have this instrument. It's mostly you gig solo, you do solo recitals, you mm. do all that. And I quickly realized that um, performing by myself is not for me. Uh, I, I gave various recitals and uh, I never felt good after not even one of them, not even one piece. I was just like screw this I'm not, <laughs> not going to keep performing so I was just kind of <laughs> stuck as to what I was going to do and uh and I was I was good at music theory I was I liked a lot of the musical periods historically so I had a lot to draw from and I just told one of my teachers who was a composer, one of my theory teachers, that I wanted to take lessons with him mm -hmm. one day. And he was like, yeah, sure, let's let's do it. And from that day on, I kind of, from when I wrote my first piece and it turned out kind of decent, I just decided that this was what, was, this was what I was going to do. That's interesting. So when you go to write something, do you, do you kind of write it from your guitar as like foundation or no i don't anymore at first i used to either sit at the keyboard or have have the guitar if i'm writing a piece that includes a guitar i'll definitely work stuff out with it and i still play and everything but just not i just, i just play for my like for me because now you can write from the theory of yeah it. Like yeah you understand and, and music. i don't yeah exactly and and i don't necessarily uh so the, the the thing about composing is that they make you, if you study composition, they make you learn all these rules, historical historical rules about music and how everything works and how everything has to move and all that. But then you just learn that so you can break it, basically. <laughs> you know, because those are theoretical rules about how things usually behave, but we don't want to stick to that because right. we want to create something that behaves how we want it to behave. Sure. So historically, theory always comes after the fact. So people produce, 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 and then if certain trends become kind of standardized, then after that comes something that groups them and tells you, okay, this is how this used to work at this point. Right. You know? Well, I think that like what lost me, because I did two years of music education with like vocal performance. And I liked singing, but the th what lost me was the presentation of the theory, because I don't okay. think that I don't think theories 
goal is to show you what's right and wrong. I think no. theory is like it's supposed to be the science of music. Yeah. And science is explorative exploratory. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like what you do and what you write now could be taught in a theory class and can be explained. Mm-hmm. But it felt like with the presentation of theory with my, with my experience was like this is you know what you're supposed to do this is what was done this is what is done and then you go here then you go here and here and i understand that it was the fundamentals yeah. and it was like music theory 101 mm-hmm. whatever yeah but it, but i wish that there was some sort of a way where even though we're learning the fundamentals we could they could encourage us or show us how to yeah safely yeah explore and i have mean fun. the thing about teaching theory and and being in theory classes especially early ones is that i had a professor say this to me recently um that you're not trying to teach them how music works all the time or how or any absolutes in music theory although some people may present it that way which is not the truth but at a certain level, you just want your students to be to have a sensibility for how things work in a certain style, which mm-hmm. is what you're teaching at the moment. Mm-hmm. So let's say if you're teaching, uh, if you decide to teach blues, you're not going to start playing all cluster chords that don't sound anything tonal or any stuff like that. You're going to teach the style and what is appropriate to it doesn't mean that you can't break those rules at some point if you're creating, but you have to know that your students are sensible to what is, quote-unquote, the norm, you know? Uh, yeah. So usually in these theory classes, yeah. they go and they teach the style of specifically early, uh, uh, late 18th century, early 19th century music. That's usually what what the the starting point is for these fundamental classes so what you they the teachers should make sure of is that they're not imposing anything on the creative aspect but just enforcing typical behaviors in a style that's what the students kind of should know Hmm. ahead of time Hmm. because the theory class is not a composition class right it's just yeah yeah just like uh i would guess a basic um, sketch class in architecture is not a design class, you know. Dude, I wish I had had this conversation then. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, but I mean, that's a great perspective. But I mean, it's. I mean, it sounds kind of obvious too, but it's also hard to. It's hard to think about that while you're in theory class, yeah. like. Well, it's basically like another math course, and it's also and not like, obvious dude, is, if no one tells it to you. If no one says it to you, then right. it's not obvious because you're in there, and depending on who's teaching you, you sort of get this perspective that this is the only thing I can do, and it can only be right this way. Yeah, this chord can only go to this chord, and if it goes to anything else, yeah. then you get a C. Like that's not real music, though. You know? Yeah. That's sure. just those are just exercises that you have to go through to know about how relationships work in that style and how and how things used to be and how you can draw from them to sort of build build up from that but not as rules or anything like that in my opinion. But this is only now at the at the point when I was doing that I as well felt that things were very concrete and absolute, hmm. you know? 
but I was just good at huh. them, yeah. being concrete and absolute. Did so, you like that? Um, I, at some point, I think I always kind of knew that these were things that I wasn't going to follow. At some point, when I was, if I were to write my own music, right. Um, but I still was interested enough in in the history of what I was doing to learn how all these musics worked, you know? So it, it just, it was just puzzles to me from like harmony class was puzzle, doing puzzles, just figuring out how I could make everything go smoothly without having any problem problems. It's solving a Sudoku puzzle, but in music. That's cool. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. I'm like, I want to go back to school now. <laughs> uh, dude. Okay. So, Forgive me if I if you said this, but I forgot. But I kind of want to get like a timeline in my uh-huh. head. So you you were studying in Puerto Rico, yeah. And then what? So I was studying in Puerto Rico. I only started, like I said, I I I decided to quit performance. This was about my third year of of my bachelor's. So pretty pretty deep in. <laughs> yeah, that's far into. Uh, it. Yeah, and uh, thankfully Whoa. the good thing is that. Uh, back home, the I studied at the state, at the uh, public university, and it didn't cost me anything to study, hmm. which gave me uh, like an extra year to to figure stuff out. So right. I, I did my bachelor's in five years, uh, and I didn't have that that weight on my mind that oh my god, I need to finish this now. Yeah, because I, didn't I because I, didn't I because I gotta I can't pay a dime more you know thankfully i didn't have that so i just took a year another year and and studied with this professor who the one that i asked to give me comp lessons and they were comp or was it like an independent study yeah yeah, yeah. it was independent he but it wasn't under the university it was just oh private cool. lessons him have you me. read name of the wind no i haven't it reminds me of that okay you could be quote so uh <laughs> He's Quoth. I don't know who Quoth is, but I hope he's cool. Oh, dude, know. he's very cool. He has right, powers. Good. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So this professor uh, just gave me free composition lessons every week. Whoa. Like he. How, how many days a week? How long like were the one, meetings? We, we, did, uh, we did lessons uh, once a week for supposed to be an hour, but it never ended up being an hour. It always ended up being more like two, two and a half, three. Oh, whoa. Uh, and from his own time, he never asked me to pay him a dime. What? Um, and uh, he, I would still to this day say that if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here or I would just probably be doing some shit job I didn't like back home. Man, um, to meet people like that, yeah, for those lines to actually cross, are, it's a, that's yeah. huge. And for him to realize, not not realize, but maybe see anything in me to make him spend that time was reward enough. But um, but doing it for more than a year um, and preparing me for what was to come because I. My 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 university didn't have a composition program, so if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have gotten that 
anywhere. I would have had to start over in some way, somewhere else or, or anything. Um, so I'm very indebted to him, uh, which is something that I know I can't pay monetarily because that it's, it would be too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, you kind of pay him with with like pursuing this. Yeah. But anytime I do something and I send it to him and he says it's good, that, that's what that's what matters to me. Um, that's huge. And I've had people like that throughout sort of that are so selfless that, you know, they they have allowed me to grow so much as a composer and not even as a composer, but just as a person to see how you should treat anyone that you have, that you spend a lot of time with and that you have faith that they will reach some potential at some point, you know? Uh, so yeah, I, I studied with him for a couple of years and, uh, then I took a year off after my bachelor's to kind of get my audition stuff in order, my portfolios and everything. So what'd you uh, do other than get that stuff in order? So I was just working at like an ice cream shop huh. and uh, and writing music, basically. Um, and then Did you write any ice cream tunes? No, I, I didn't write any ice cream tunes. Uh, the ones that exist are pretty good, like... The ice the the ice cream truck. Yeah, I mean, you can barely improve upon that. You cannot. No. It's yeah. structurally sound. It is. I mean, it's a fool's errand to just try to make a better. It's like trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. 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 You, you just, don't need to you do just that. Don't do that. Yeah. Um. Uh, but uh, speaking of that, do you do you have any interest, or have you already? done this like you writing jingles you writing commercials i haven't i haven't um and it's not something i would be opposed to um but i don't know I, i'm not i'm not pursuing it but if it's if something like out of the blue came up i i could very well see myself doing it but it's not something that i'm actively trying to do cool yeah cool Interesting. Uh, I feel like there's a, like, and even, not even jingles or anything, but just like, even music for TV or, or documentaries mm -hmm. or movies or anything, video games now, that's a huge, huge yeah. thing. Like, writing they music get for video into games. It. Yeah. Do you play video games? Yeah, I do. What video games? Uh, right now, I'm just very into Smash Brawl. I mean, Ultimate. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, so you have a Wii. Yeah, I have a Switch. You have you have any other? Uh, oh, Switch, right? Yeah. Duh. No, I don't. I haven't had any, any non Nintendo consoles? consoles since the PS2. Whoa, keeping it kind of pure then. Yeah. What What is it about Nintendo? Um, I don't know. They're just it's kind of nostalgia. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, there's the, all these things that I that I grew up with, but they're still good. Like. Any Mario game that comes out that's a story-based Mario game is great. Any Zelda game that comes out is always mm -hmm. up to standard. Mm -hmm. And then you have these fun party games that never get old, like Mario Kart and Mario Dude, Party those and party Super games Smash Bros. Crazy! You know? I could just spend hours just doing it. I could do. Exactly. I could race the computer. Yeah. For two hours well, and be fun. perfectly that's content. What I, that's what I mean. They just put out stuff that you can play for hours and hours and hours and. 
<coughs> it can be Mario Kart 26, but it's still as fun as the first one. <laughs> yep. My first console was a Nintendo 64. Nice. And it was like that green transparent one. Yeah. And it was crazy because the way that they had that that my parents presented the gift was on Christmas morning, we always would come down three in a row down the stairs mm -hmm. and my dad would record it. I don't know why. In retrospect, it's kind of weird and cheesy, but <laughs> it was kind of nice. And we, we would get hyped, the three of us. Well, we of would course. get hyped upstairs I mean, like, yo, we're about to walk downstairs. This is the order. <laughs> it's me, you, and then you. And then be like, no, 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 no. I, yeah. I was kind of a jerk, so oftentimes I would walk down first. You would go first and open yeah. everything. Or if I had to walk down last, I would be squatting down the steps so I could see stuff first and like yeah, spoil yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Uh, but anyway, we that we like walked downstairs and it was just running in the living room. Yeah. And my first thought was, how did first of all, what the heck? Second of all, how did they get this running? Like yeah. imagine my parents. Oh, it's already if you don't up. know my you don't know my parents, but Gene and Lori, dude, m imagining them like trying to get that console Put ready the console is up like to the TV. Oh, it's too much for <laughs> the brain to process. I remember when I had my my six uh, my N sixty four my it was when uh, Ocarina of Time was about to come out. What is that? That's the Zelda game for Nintendo sixty four. Yes. Okay. And. Uh, and I know this afterwards, yeah, but uh, my mom spent months trying to get that game. And I don't know how she got it because it was sold out everywhere. But she asked people in California, in uh, Florida, in New York, dang. in Connecticut, everywhere. So, and I don't know how, but it was there Christmas Day. And I was hype, like for real. And then I couldn't beat it because I was six, obviously. But, you know, still <laughs> Did fun. you ever finish it? <laughs> yeah, I did. I Have did. you seen that movie, Jingle All the Way? No. It reminds me of that movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is trying to get this doll, the Turbo, Turbo Man doll for his son. <laughs> and he was, like, beating up people for it, running yeah. through malls, and it was crazy. <laughs> but the, length, the lengths that parents go to to, like, make their kids happy yeah, on sure. those days. I mean... It's definitely... Like, my childhood in general... I I think of it as a resource to like draw from when I when I make music mm -hmm. and my approach to making music is totally different than yours yeah. which is part of the reason I have you on here cuz I want to know how you do it mm -hmm. but like when I go down to write music I want to basically take a memory or a collection of memories and make it into an audio presentation yeah. of that so mm -hmm. that when you listen to it like this is me trying to make you feel the way I felt during that memory. Yeah. Good or bad. You know? Yeah, 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 for sure. Have you seen Inside Out? Yeah. It's like I'm trying to share my core memories with people. Uh huh. Yeah, that makes sense. I yeah. mean it's uh What 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 do you draw from? I usually Why do you write? Why are you doing this? I let me answer the the first one do first. It. And because that kind of leads to the other For one. For sure. Uh, I, when I write, I mostly feel that I draw from kind of everyday stuff. Not necessarily sort of, like you said, my, any specific memories or any, any specific moments in my life. I kind of, 
tend to want to keep those to myself, even mm -hmm. if my music is so abstract that no one would ever, would ever kind of figure it out. Right. You don't want to like that stuff yeah. is just I'll show that kind of shelved for me. Uh, so I usually like to take inspiration from things that catch my eye, catch my ear, anything like that. I, I, I'm very inspired by visual arts. Mm. Um, very inspired by natural phenomena of like light, wind, uh, anything that has an effect, something that you can feel, something that that sort of changes while you're looking at it, something that uh, is there but then disappears. You know, I I I like things that are that exist in world in the real world and I try to appropriate that stuff in some way and make them exist in the sonic world which is something that kind of dies because music d doesn't exist until you play it yeah uh and then it it ceases to exist the moment you finish so I kind of like taking that approach of responding to stuff in the world Uh, architecture, um, uh, visual arts. Uh, I, I don't know a dog running around Central Park. Do you keep a pad with you to like remem remember things? You just I, jot I it just, down in your phone. I jot down a lot of stuff in my phone. Um, sometimes I I do a lot of like voice memo things where I hum things to myself to remember yeah, them. Yeah, I do that. Um, I take a lot of pictures to just. I delete them later, but I just, at the moment, if I take a picture, I know I, re I remember something in some way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I try to record things that I see as inspiring in some way in that moment. And it may, they may be like extremely mundane things. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. can walk by a, the, the Colosseum in Rome and just there would be one stone that I like. It's weird like that. But that stone yeah. is the one I like. And yeah. if I take a picture of it, I can just draw from it something that may lead to a big piece or uh, or anything. Um, so you also draw? No, no. Oh. I, 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 I used to. I used to when I was a kid. Uh, but I kind of just never pursued that... Uh, I like I liked it though. I used to be very into drawing like Dragon Ball C characters. Yeah. <laughs> you sounded like the kid that I always like on the outskirts would look look at mm -hmm. and look at that group and wanted to hang out with them, but I couldn't because Dragon Ball Z was a little too heady for me, dude. I'm not gonna lie. These Zelda games were a little too heady for me. I just needed a game that I could go plug in and just smash buttons and wreck things. Yeah, well, remember I couldn't beat this game at the time, so just don't. don't yeah, but the worry fact that you that. wanted to play it, <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, Zelda, I can't do that. I can't yeah. handle all of that. The yeah. choices, remembering where I'm going and stuff. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Yeah, I can't do it. Donkey Kong is like. Just would guide you to where you, you yeah. want to go. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, that kind of fits with you. You like to interact with things and then, like, yeah, I, have it happen then and there. Mm -hmm. I kind of like the narrative thing and like yeah. pulling back from yeah. seeing a through line and yeah, that's interesting. And uh, yeah, and I and I just feel like what and then then the why question is, 
I feel that I can create something that... I don't know, feeling like you make something from nothing is pretty damn impressive. Like, like feeling that you, that there wasn't, there was nothing and you made something that, that other people heard and, and just the fact of, of creating is, is a reward enough, regardless of the fact whether if it's well received or not just the the work you put into building something and then having that thing realized is is very important to me and makes me kind of want to keep doing it yeah and the although i will say that the the process is sometimes sucks you know you get stuck you don't like what you're doing you have all these things that you kind of run up against but um like what like getting stuck in in the middle of writing something is just the worst you just like writer's block yeah yeah but but um yeah but musical, musical. writer's block basically mm -hmm. um i i i've no i've writers i've had i've had stuff <laughs> i've had yeah. stuff that uh i've written half a piece and just threw it out because because i just You it threw it out? Yeah. So are you writing on paper? Well, it's a figure of speech. I deleted you delete it. it? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. That's cutthroat. Yeah. But if if it's if I don't think it's <laughs> you worth... You could save it as I a draft. No, you could no, save no, it no. as blah one, no, blah two. No. If I if I had anything <laughs> if I had anything that was, that I thought was worth saving from uh -huh. it, I would have. Sure. Yeah. But uh and that's happened where I've thrown out 80% and kept a little bit and built from that. But I've also cut out 100% and, and started over. Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, and then there are also these obsessive little things that happen where I spent... Uh, like, my the last piece I wrote, I spent, like, four days thinking whether a break between one sound and the other should be half a second or three quarters of a second. Like, why would I do that? Like, it's ridiculous. But it was very important to me. Yeah. Because that... I mean, you're making me, something out of nothing, so why not because, make it exactly what you want to Because to me, that, that had a very important effect on how you would hear everything else, that hmm. sort of quarter of a second. And I obsessed over it for... At what like point in the piece week. was it? It was, uh, it's right before kind of the climax of it. So I, I was just, I, the, the night before the premiere, I didn't, I, I, I lay in bed for like three hours just thinking about it, <laughs> just not knowing which one I would go with the day before. So I don't know. I think I made the right call for now. What'd you, what call did you make? Shorter one. Shorter time span. Oh. You know, the thing I do with waitresses or waiters or servers, whatever they are, uh -huh. is I'll be like, these are my, these are the two dishes that I want, that I know I want. So surprise me with either. Yeah. I don't know if that's safe because then whatever they bring me, I know I'm going to think I wanted the other one. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. And also like getting a meal at <laughs> Cracker Barrel is a little different than composing music yeah. 
A little. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say a they're that different. A <laughs> little cha-cha there. Yeah. Uh, but dude, okay, so educationally wise, mm-hmm. where are you now? So uh, maybe we can just keep the narrative going and I'll, we can go back and forth. So after I moved out, I, I, I was in Puerto Rico. I applied for a bunch of master's programs and I didn't get into anyone except the one that I didn't think I would get in. I, so I applied to a bunch of places and I applied to one that was like a shot in the dark. Like I'm never getting in here, but that's where I got in. So I went to Peabody Conservatory, Conservatory in, in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I studied with this composer, uh, Michael Hirsch, who I admire and I love as a person. And he's been extremely important to me as well. Uh, so I spent two years in Baltimore doing my master's. Uh, and then... After I finished that, this is 2017 when I finished my master's. Uh, I moved back home for a year while I applied to PhD programs and such. Uh, and I moved back home in August, no, in late July, late July of 2017. And then in September 2017, the hurricanes hit back home. So that was a whole ordeal. Whoa. Uh, which was, yeah, that was, yeah, that was something. Uh, so I spent a you year. You had to deal with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there for the whole thing. Um, oh. and then, and then a year later I moved out here to New York. A year after? A year after, yeah. What were your plans moving out here? So I... I applied to a bunch of places that some of them I wanted to go more than others, but you know, it's with, with these things, uh, these programs are mostly very highly selective and they only take one or two, maybe three composers a year. Uh, so I knew I wanted to be in a city that had a strong, like contemporary slash new music vibe. And for my style, those were basically either here, Chicago, or Philly. Um, and uh, did you do any city shopping? I I I didn't in Chicago, uh, but I've been to Philly a bunch of times and uh, and here as well beforehand. So oh, okay, so context. I kind of knew. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I got in here and. Uh, I got a good offer from from the university, so that kind of sealed the deal for it. And plus, I'm working with another uh, composer here that I that I really enjoy working with, who's who's uh, also a great composer and teacher, Jason Eckert. So I was very happy to come here. And plus, in here, there's no shortage of ensembles and people that are playing stuff all over. You know. Yeah. So it's uh, it's kind of. Back home, I wasn't really... I would love to be there. I would love to be back home in Puerto Rico right now or any time. It's, it's, first of all, the weather is <laughs> way better than here. Uh, and there's, my family's there. My parents are there. Um, most of my friends are still there. Um, but I know that with the situation, how it is... Uh, in the government and with funding for arts and stuff like that, I knew there wasn't, even if you start like working really, really, really hard, there's only a dent you can make into any, 
uh, into any real progress to right. make like any substantial like art organization or art like series a career or, yeah out of it so so i i for now being here is kind of the best for me it's the best and for me right now yeah well that's why we're here seriously do you not to interrupt but yeah. there's this weird thing about people uh-huh that you can just kind of tell that you have something there's something that you have in common with them yeah or there's some ground that you know you could you could meet on mm -hmm. and when i saw you in the gym there dude i was like oh this guy what does he do yeah. oh music duh <laughs> sure that makes sense yeah because what i like about hensos which is a good reflection of the city mm -hmm. which is yeah you meet new yorkers and but you're a new yorker now to me uh, yeah i'm a new yorker mm -hmm. Like, this is our experience here. It's a city of transplants. And yeah. it's like, it's very encouraging t to me to hear that you're here for your pursuit and your interest and curiosity of music, mm -hmm. even though there's another place that you would rather be. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of artists in this city are doing that. They're coming here and leaving communities that there's like nothing wrong with that. You know, they, they could have stayed there and done mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z and been okay. Yeah. But because of their love for what they do, they're like, I got to study here. Yeah. You know? And I also feel that for me to be able to go back and do something meaning meaningful, I need to take this time to just do stuff for myself first mm -hmm. and kind of grow myself do you have plans in, to go in, back? My own, in my own way first before i i'd like to but it's i don't see it in the cards in the near future at all um right i would like to go back and work on projects and stuff sporadically while while not necessarily living there um but in the ideal world i'd be I'd be living in the beach house back there. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that, man. I feel that. This city's crazy, but it's not necessarily... Like, I, I have a lot of friends that I talk to, and their plans are to, what you said, build themselves here and then go somewhere else. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, yeah, that makes sense. Like, this is not necessarily a place yeah. to stay. But when you're here... You can easily get caught up in the momentum oh, of the city. Hundred percent. And but also, you know, it, it, building yourself here and then going elsewhere kind of also depends on what you're what you're building yourself for, because you may be building yourself for something that is still easier to do here than anywhere else. Once you're once everything is all said and done, like my case with with music and contemporary music still at the end of the day it's going to be new york new york city is a better place to like ideally it's a better place to be a composer than, than puerto rico or any other place like in, i don't know anywhere in the in, i would guess the midwest or montana or anything like that you know yeah for sure let's so let's make a uh, an analogy i like making analogies or maybe this is a metaphor. Mm. It's kind of like sympathy and empathy. I know the difference, but I'm never quite gonna be 100% confident. <laughs> so here's the deal. In with like BJJ, 
Yeah. We can go to different gyms. Yeah. And if we're training, let's say for competition, we can we can find preferences in one gym because they they're, you know, targeting this type of training that we you know, feel like is advancing our game or we mm-hmm. can pick this gym because they do this this way and we feel like that is yeah. more suited to us. So, composer-wise, do you feel like you know, New York is the better gym for you? I feel like it Do is. Do you feel like you're like you're in a better mental space as a composer? I feel like it's better, but it's only better because I'm surrounding myself with people that make it that way. You know? That you can't find in Puerto Rico. Not at not at the moment. Not at no. the moment. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's uh, here. There's just more resources as well. Um, infinitely more, and uh, like for instance, you just had a pretty well-known quartet. Yeah, play your music. Yeah, right. Yeah, you want to uh, talk a little bit about? about yeah, sure. That? So I just had a, a premiere of of a string quartet with the Jack Quartet, which is um, boom. Probably, I would say, one of the top three or five best contemporary music quartets in the world right now. Uh. Caroline, who's sitting in this room, I sent uh, the link to your show yeah. on our Slack, on our team Slack. And she was like, oh, Jack? Yeah, duh, I know them. I was like, <laughs> what, dude? All right, this is cool. Yeah. The no, pieces they're, are connecting. They are they're extremely good. Um, yeah, so what was that about? Uh, so they were, uh, they were being uh, en- ensemble in residence at, at my at my program and uh some of some of the people in the program got to got to write for them um and uh yeah and i just kind of said if if i'm working with people of this level i'm just gonna go all out and make them a hard as fuck piece because <laughs> i know they can play it yeah you know and, and you did right and i did and they what played it, it like it was nothing but yeah that's uh, <laughs> but that's good cuz it came across as it, as it should have been yeah and it's something i mean there might there must be some some part of you that feels good knowing that your music can be played yeah like oh, even if it's definitely. hard music it can be played it can yeah. be understood i mean i'm not i'm not in the business of writing music that stays on the page you know i I want it to be played and I want it to be heard and I want musicians to feel like to feel good even if it's hard I want them to feel as though they're doing something interesting and and like that has meat on it you know What was this piece? Uh so this piece uh it's called uh, Claro Oscuro and it means uh the literal translation of that is uh light and dark and it it's i kind of based it on a technique a painting technique that is the play on light so if you know any like spe- especially like baroque art and like you know these paintings are very dark but they have a like a central figure that is lit yeah and you see how light from one source sort of highlights things that you kind of know are there but maybe not and depending on and then that got me thinking about how uh 
yeah, the interaction of light in any space and how any shift in that source makes things appear and disappear and highlight, highlight some things and blurs others. And I just kind of had a, like, wrote a musical response to what I would think this, how this would happen in, a, in, in, in a, an oral way, in an auditory way, you know? That's cool. Yeah, and uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of abstract in a way, uh, the, the, the ideas behind it and everything. But, um, but that's the thing. I, I come into it with these ideas that kind of explain it. But at the end of the day, once you, once you listen to the music, anyone, I, I, I don't care if they, if, if, if a listener gets that. You know, I don't care if they get the relationship of light and dark and anything. Right. It's for you. I, it's for me to build something. And if I write it on a program note so that people read it, it's just so they know where where this is coming from. Yeah. yeah I'm not yeah. trying to impose, like, this is, you need to look out for this and this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just interested in an experience and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and any reaction that is that is uh reached by any listener is as valid as my yes interpretation first yeah um, man it's like it's almost like you are providing a vehicle for these listeners and yeah. where they go with it is their choice yeah exactly or yeah. not they just they're, yeah. they're going if, there if yeah maybe you're making like tesla vehicles and it's like auto <laughs> they turn auto drive on and they go where they go but then they 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 are going to go a specific way but then what you choose to see while you're on the ride is completely up to you. I studied acting for four years. Uh-huh. And we often did exercises like to that we, we would build characters and have little things for us as the actors to draw from. Like maybe physical things, drawing from certain memories or thinking about the given circumstances of the play and then playing games with our minds mm-hmm. to basically just keys to unlock doors yeah. to, to put on the performance, right? So that, speaking of, you know, question of the day, to bring it kind of back, mm-hmm. like popular things that everyone that I secretly low-key didn't really appreciate. Yeah, You remember those like um, encouraging, like motivational posters where it was like a black like, backdrop and it was like some runner's feet and it was like you know the the heart the the further the further you run the more you'll get to your goals or yeah, some yeah, stupid yeah. Like shit an like that eagle soar high and be free yeah, or soar high and be like free yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you'll never be free if you don't soar high yeah yeah like yeah. what are you talking yeah. about this does not help me and i'm like sitting in the barber shop like getting <laughs> nicked on the back of my neck uh, anyway, so <laughs> that to me, it sounds like the, that, that relationship to light and dark and, and like making, giving yourself this mate- subject material to mm-hmm. write from, it's like the tip of an iceberg. And one of those, yeah. one of those like really well-known things was like the tip of the iceberg, what people see yeah, and what, people what, see and what it actually is. What it actually yeah. is. It's like, boom. Yeah. I feel like so much of what. 
I do, and from what I see of you, I don't know you that well. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to know you, but it seems like the stuff that you're interested in is that. It's like a lot of work for this result. Yeah, I mean, anything, I, I feel that anything that is performative or creative or or in any field of, of art is going to be that way in the end because the process is yours and if it's a collaborative art it's yours and whoever works with you but um but the the people who see or hear the end result are only getting that just that fragment of it they're not seeing the two weeks i spent thinking about half a second versus three quarters of a second mm-hmm. or they're not seeing when I didn't write a note for three weeks because I had no clue what to write next. And they're not seeing what the motivations behind, like you said, acting. Like, they're not seeing the motivation why your character, you decided to make this character respond. With the line in the script, nothing changed, but with this motion or these or this uh this uh motivation behind it like there's there's only so much that the end product can reveal Hmm. but we know that as creators you know that the end product is only going to be a fragment of your work and that's the thing about it you need to have that fragment say as much as possible or as little as possible depending on what you want. But you need to make sure that those 10 minutes that your music is sounding are what you want it to be. Because then, not for anything um, like, to, to, I don't, it's it's not the, I'm not gonna write maybe the best piece ever. I'm not gonna write, but just want it to be true to what what I want it to be. And just, make sure that the one who listens is listening to what I intend them to listen to. Yeah. Not draw any conclusions that I want, but just listen to the material that I'm providing as I want it to be. You know? Yes. Okay. So I really only have one formal question, more question for you. Yeah. Yeah. And Obviously, the invitation is open. I'd love to have you back on to, oh, for, sure. for you know, just to expand the dialogue. But yeah. for today, I think we've we got a lot of like the um, behind the scenes, yeah, the tip of the the bulk of the iceberg mm-hmm. that's underwater, yeah, and it's cold, and there are parts of it that are hard, and there are parts yeah. of it that you don't really want to like do, but you have to, or parts of it that are good yeah, for, for you, sure. like Wim Wim Hof, like. He, he, the cold is cleansing <laughs> yeah. in a weird way, right? Yeah, but so he's it's a like, crazy dude. That's, but you're, uh, you're crazy much. dude. There are a lot of yeah. people that are not doing what you're doing that that's, that's, w- are watching you wanting to do it. Uh, that's true, but I'm not gonna, I'm not about to jump in below zero waters at any time. Not yet. Anytime, not yet. Because not yet. three years ago, dude, I would have said, I'm not doing BJJ. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, we never know. Never say never, right? I'm but, interested in cold immersion. All that to say, <laughs> my guy, let's bring it back. To the iceberg metaphor, what do you want the tip of your iceberg to look like? What do you want to do with all this? Writing music, obviously, but like, what do you want to do? 
that is that is a not really a tip of the iceberg question, is it though? Well, I mean, if if you could if you could paint a picture of the tip of the iceberg, mm-hmm. just the tip, what would it what would it look like? I mean, it would look like me being able to continue producing music for as long as I can and being able to reach as not not I'm not going to say a certain amount or many people or as many people as I can because I know the space I work in is kind of niche in some way but uh but I still want that whoever listens to it gets something from it whatever you think of my music whatever you think of 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 anything just if if it sparks a thought in your mind if it sparks a reaction if it makes you sort of like a new style of music that's enough for me even if it's not mine if it makes you question why music like this exists that's also a good reaction i i, I just want their because ambivalence is the worst thing anything that create that that one creates can be met with kind of right so if there is some if it sparks something positive or negative it's still sparking something in the people that listen and that's uh that's what's most important to me that's great thanks yeah for sure do you have anything uh to look forward to uh i do i'm uh these are not official yet. I mean, they are official, but not confirmed by any ensembles yet. So I can't be saying names anywhere. Okay. But I'm I'm working on a couple pieces with good ensembles in the city um, that will be premiered uh, this year and early next year. Hell yeah! So uh, where can people follow you? Uh, they can follow me on SoundCloud, like all the SoundCloud rappers. Uh, SoundCloud.com uh, slash Bush Composer, B O U C H E Composer. And uh, my page is going to be up soon. So I'll, you guys can inform any, anyone of that afterwards. Your page? Yeah, my webpage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What will, what will the domain be? Do you uh, have it? It's, I think it's going to be the same as the nice, SoundCloud. Clean. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. It's great. Dude, thank you. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. It's been awesome. You're always welcome. I'll I'll come back whenever you want me to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Done. Awesome. All right, man. Hi, everyone. This is Gabriel again from the podcast. Um, I want to present an excerpt of my piece, uh, Claro Oscuro, which I talked about earlier. And uh, just listen with open ears and uh, feel free to derive any meaning from it that you want. Afterwards, if you like it, you can take a trip to my SoundCloud and hear it, hear the full version and all my other music. Thank you.
This has been a Rock Rising Productions podcast. Thanks for listening.